My dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to meet uh, this morning around your word. Uh, we thank you for the gift of Christmas. Uh, we thank you of what reminds us that you are here, uh, you have come in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that you have lived a perfect life, and that you have died a death we deserve. We thank you for this amazing gift, and we pray, Lord, that as we look at your word, that you would help us uh, to appreciate this gift, and that to not only receive it, but to point others to it in the way we live and in the way we talk and act. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, as this is a, a family carol service, I think it is only right that I start with a story about children and Christmas. Right? So two young boys are spending the night at their grandparents' house. Uh, it is a week before Christmas. At bedtime, uh, the two boys kneel uh, beside their beds to say their prayers. Uh, the little boy starts to pray at the top of his lungs. I pray for a new bicycle. I pray for a new Xbox One. I pray for new trainers. Uh, his big brother leans over and says to him, Why are you shouting? Uh, God isn't deaf, you know. Uh, then the little boy says to him, I know, but grandmother is. <laughs> well, now, I am conscious that you are not here for bad Christmas jokes. Right? Uh, I also know that celebrating Christmas, uh, for many of us, after a challenging year, is difficult. Uh, some of you uh, in this fellowship have lost loved ones. Uh, as a church, we have lost... We lost Sister Dorothy at the, earlier in the year here. Uh, some of you are battling illnesses in your life. Uh, many of us have anxiety and fears about what 2019 may bring. Uh, so in the middle of all that life throws at us, I just want to share two pieces of good news this Christmas uh, from the visit of the angel Mary. Uh, the visit of the angel to Mary that Sister Tanwa read for us in Luke chapter 1, verse 28 to verse 38. And the first piece of good news I want to share from this passage is that God is here as one of us. God is here as one of us. Uh, look with me there in verse 26 of chapter 1, Luke chapter 1. You see that Dr. Luke, who wrote this Christmas record, starts with an announcement that God is sending his angel, Gabriel, to a girl named Mary. Verse 26 to 27 says this. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, to the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. So Mary is betrothed, a word I struggle to pronounce, well, in Mary's culture, this means that the only thing that Mary and Joseph are waiting for uh, is the wedding party and moving in together. But we see here that God has other plans for Mary. Um, he has sent Gabriel to tell Mary that she's going to have a baby. Uh, and she's going to have a baby sooner, of course, than expected. Let's read on verse 28 to verse 31. And he came to her, that is um, Gabriel, and said... Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, 
and try to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Verse 30, And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Now, two years ago, the small town of Ostana in Italy uh, threw a party to celebrate its first baby in 28 years. Uh, the town once had a thousand people, but over the years, it had declined to under 100. So when baby Pablo was born, the mayor was very excited at this. He said, it is a dream come true. He hopes that baby Pablo's birth will lead to many births in the future to sustain the town. Now, of course, all babies are special, even if they do not help the local population to increase. Um, because no child born is ever the same. Every child enters this world with unique characters. Every child is special. But the Bible is telling us here that Mary's baby is different, is more special than all babies, because he is God. Look at verse 32. The angel says, He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the angel later on says in verse 35, he says this, And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. So this child is special because this is the Son of God being born. What is going on here? Is Gabriel saying that God is going to father a son? No. The Bible teaches us that God exists in three eternal persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And the three persons are one God. Not three gods, one God. So what the angel is saying here is that Mary is going to carry in her womb God the Son. God the Spirit will enter Mary's womb and knit baby Jesus in the womb. This baby of Mary will be 100% human. Uh, He will have all Mary's DNA. Uh, Inside the womb, he will do all the things that babies do in the womb. He will learn to move his fingers, his toes, and his limbs. He will sometimes dream in the womb. Sometimes he will yawn. Sometimes he will suck his thumb. Uh, He will get scared when Mary sneezes. Uh, He's going to do this and many amazing things that babies do in the womb. Why? Because this baby is 100% human. At the same time, Mary's baby will be 100% God. He is God the Son who created all things, including Mary. And all things were created for him. Now, I know for some of us, when it comes to God, we are like Steve Jobs. We are 50-50. But in the end, all of us have to answer four important questions about life. The first question we have to ask relates to origin. Where do I come from? Now, if you don't believe in God, the answer is you come from nowhere. Nothing. The second question is about meaning. Why am I here? Well, if you come from nothing, then you exist for no reason at all. You are just 
an accident. The third question relates to morality. How should I live? Well, if your answer is that your life is an accident, then it doesn't ultimately matter how we live. Anything goes. The fourth question relates to destiny. Where am I headed in life? Well, if you come from nowhere and your life now doesn't matter, then you are headed to nowhere. Life for you is just pointless. You see, 50-50 isn't, doesn't help us, does it? It leads us into a state of nothingness. Now, deep down our hearts, you and I know life is more precious than that. Our singing this morning matters. Our singing this evening matters. It, is, it has meaning. In fact, all of us in general, uh, none of us live like our lives are meaningless. Uh, we go to great lengths, not just to loving ourselves, uh, because we matter <laughs> to ourselves. Uh, we go to great lengths to loving our family, loving others. And this is true of every culture. It's not something that we dreamed of. It is true in every part of the world, every people. We live like this because God created us in his image. We share the same nature and qualities as God. As God is spirit, we are spiritual beings. God has a mind, emotions, and ability to choose, so do we. God is good, just, and loving, and truthful. And we are created with these capacities as well. But the good news of Christmas is this, that God has not just created us in his image. He has entered human history to walk in our shoes in Jesus. Christmas says, you are not alone. God loves you and he has come as one of us to be with you now and forever. And that brings us to the second good news of Christmas. So the first good news is that God is here as one of us. The second piece of good news I want to share with you is that God is here for us. God is here for us. Uh, the angel's message to Mary here is that God, that this God who is entering our world through her womb is coming to be with us for our benefit. Look at verse 31 again. And the angel says, And behold, you conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. The Gospel of Matthew, the first Gospel account, tells us that God names the baby Jesus because he is coming to save us from our sin. Jesus is Jesus because Jesus is the Savior of sinners. In 1977, uh, about a hundred squatters uh, in Freston Road, Notting Hill, declared independence from the UK. And they did this after facing eviction from the GLC. The squatters lobbied the UN and established the Republic of Frestonia. Uh, they had their own postage stamps, uh, visas, and passports. They even appointed an ambassador to Great Britain. Now, what the Frestonians did to the UK is what all of us have done to God. We have all rejected his rule. We do not give God the first place in our life. And the Bible calls this sin. Sin is not just doing bad things. It is building your life on anything other than God. And that makes all of us here in this room sinners. 
And this sin has left us physically, eternally, and spiritually dead. Sin has done this by totally cutting us from the life of God, who alone is the source of all life. Now, when the residents of Freston Road um, rebelled, there was generally goodwill expressed towards them. Uh, the chancellor at the time, the shadow chancellor rather, at the time, Sir Geoffrey House, told them, I can hardly fail to be moved by your aspirations. He was impressed. But in the end, you see, history tells us the Frestonians were evicted from that. They are no more today. And in the same way, there is no alternative to our rebellion against God. Uh, we must one day be punished by God for rejecting his rule. But the good news of Christmas is that God is offering each one of us here an alternative. He wants to give you a new life with him in his loving kingdom. Let's read on verse 32 to verse 33. The angel says, You will be great, that Jesus, and you will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. The good news of Jesus is that Jesus has come to establish his loving kingdom. And he wants us to have life with him. Now, Ernest Hemingway, in his short story, The Capital of the World, uh, tells a story about, of a father and his son who live in Spain. Their relationship becomes strained, and the son eventually runs away from home, as sons do. So, what does the father do? The father engages in a long journey. He starts a long journey in search for his lost and rebellious son. The son's name is Paco. Uh, and so, as a last resort, uh, he decides to put an advert in the Madrid newspaper. And the advert he puts out simply reads like this. Dear Paco, meet me in front of the Madrid newspaper office tomorrow at noon. All is forgiven. I love you. Now, the son's name is Paco. And if you know anything about the, word, the name Paco, it's, that it's very common in Spain. So the next day at noon, in front of the newspaper office, there are 800 Pacos, all seeking love and forgiveness, all wanting to go home to their dad. The moral of the story, of course, is that we are all Pacos looking for forgiveness. And the good news of Christmas is that God is like the Madrid father who put out that advert. God, you see, is not asking you to make his way to him or hope for the best. <clears throat> he has come himself, in the person of Jesus, to welcome you home. He has come to give himself to you, so that you can be with him forever. All religions teach that we must make our way up to God. But the Bible teaches that God has made his way to us. Sounds too good to be true, isn't it? A God who reaches out to us. It sounds too good to be true. And even Mary struggles to take it in. Look at verse 34. When the angel announces the coming of God in the world, and Mary said to the angel in verse 34, How will this be, since I am a virgin? She just doesn't understand how this can happen. 
So the angel has to move to reassure her and us about the coming of God. Let's read verse 35 to verse 37. And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. The angel Gabriel is saying the good news of Christmas is true because God is committed to be here for us. And he has the power to make it happen. He has a loving commitment to bring it about. And we know this good news is true. Because the baby was born, as Gabriel said. He was born that first Christmas. And the world has recognized this for 2,000 years plus. And we know it is good news because that was only the beginning. The baby grew. He lived a perfect life. Then he went to the cross and died for your sins and mine. And then after three days, he rose from the grave. And he is now sitting as king in heaven, waiting for his second advent, when he appears again. This Jesus, who first came as a baby that first Christmas, will appear for a second time as King of Kings and Lord of Lords to establish his kingdom forever, just as Gabriel says in verse 33. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. You see, the good news of Christmas is that you do not have to live without God. There's no excuse. God is offering you this life with him now and forever. God wants to be with you. But in order for you to receive this good news of Christmas, in order for you to have life with God, you must accept Jesus as Mary does. Look how Mary accepts the coming of Jesus in verse 38. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I was thinking of summarizing Mary's acceptance. I think we can say she just grabs it with both hands. She grabs Jesus, so to speak, with both hands. She welcomes Jesus. She knows that this is, of course, going to bring problems in our relationship. She knows that the society is going to power, abuse, and call all sorts of things. But she looks at the coming of Jesus, and she looks at our course, and there's no comparison. This is good news. So she offers herself to God to be used for his glory. She knows Christmas is worth it. And you must do the same. You must accept as Mary accepts this gift. Accepting this gift means accepting you are cut off from the very life of God forever. Because you are a sinner. And now you are asking God to forgive your sin based on the death of Jesus for you. You are now fully surrendering to Jesus your life to him. That's what Mary does. It is coming to God and saying, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. And if you do that, this very moment, your sins will be forgiven. You will become a child of God. You will have life with Jesus forever. Now some of us here, 
I've already done this. We are already trusting in Jesus. Well, if that is your situation, then let the good news of Christmas. It's an amazing news. Share how you celebrate Christmas. And maybe you are ending 2018 feeling tired or discouraged in some area of your life. Maybe you're just discouraged by the state of the country is in, the bickering over Brexit and many other things. And maybe you are anxious what the world may look like as you enter 2019. What will my work bring? How will I cope with the bullying boards? When is the darkness going to stop swallowing my marriage? You have these anxieties as you enter 2019. Well, if you are a follower of Jesus, what matters is not your circumstances. What matters is that you have Jesus and he is in your circumstances. So drown all your worries in this bottomless ocean of good news, in this bottomless ocean of grace. God is here now. He's here now. God is here now as one of us in Jesus. And God is here for you if you trust in him. And you know this God. So this is the good news of Christmas. Surrender to him. Amen.